Today, I'm talking with peak performance coach Jackie Ulmer, who has been married for more than three decades to a pilot. And look, I didn't start the rumors, but aviation is just one of those professions that has always been associated with infidelity and cheating. And if you're listening to this podcast, my guess is you struggle with self-confidence, perhaps feelings of unworthiness and low self-esteem. Jackie's here to tackle all of that noise and help you create a first-class life. Welcome, Jackie Ulmer. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it as well. It's a juicy topic, and it's one that we all deal with. Well, I thought it was a really important topic for us to talk about that self-image piece because for someone who's extremely jealous in a relationship, a lot of times we go to all of those exterior things where if I were 20 pounds lighter, I wouldn't be so worried. If I had blonde hair and blue eyes, I wouldn't worry. If I were taller, there's all of these things that we feel like if we were different or could change on the outside, then all of our anxiety would go away. And we know that work is on the inside. It is on the inside. It's so true. And, you know, you can go there with just about anything, whether it be money, our looks, whatever. I mean, we know the story of lottery winners, right? Most of the time, within two years, most lottery winners are back at broke and everything else because it wasn't the money that was going to change things for them. They had to change other things. And that's it so often with our self-image. We all have heartaches and heartbreaks and trauma of some sort. We all have things from the past that started in childhood that have brought us to where we are today. And the downside is that so often we hang on to those stories of the past. We like to believe that that defines us, that that is who we're going to be forever. And it's a lot, of, you know, I'm not going to pretend that it's not a lot of work to let go of that, but it really is possible. And it just simply requires some major thought work to begin to let go of those limiting beliefs. And especially with the partner, it's like, look, they chose you to start with. And so you have to get really real at saying, are they really no longer choosing me? Has that really happened? Or is it my insecurity from a past relationship where somebody did betray me or a friend of mine who was betrayed or something where we tend to take that and project that and think, well, if that happened in the past, that's what's going to happen in the future too. But the most important the work that we can do is to really reframe that self-image. And when we're stuck in that limiting story from the past, we're living the self-image that we have for ourselves. When we set a goal of who we want to become to move away from that, we have to create a new self-image and a new set of thought processes and a new set of habits to get us from point A to point B. Because we can't, it's, it's like any type of goal. If we set that goal, we have to become somebody new, maybe not dramatic changes, but we have to become somebody new to step into that new self-image of who that person is. And it's possible and it's probable and it's freeing when you ultimately take the steps to do that. Yes. We hear, I'm a jealous person. You're not a jealous person. You're a person who experiences extreme jealousy. And I think it's really even just a small shift of the way that you're saying those things to yourself and you're, you're thinking in that way of, this is who I am. Well, and you just said the two most powerful words, right? I am. And whatever follows that defines your belief and your self-image about yourself. So it's so important to speak good thoughts and good words about yourself. So if we want to start 
changing our thoughts, changing our self-image, stepping into this person that we want to be, not on the outside, but on the inside, what what's the first step that we can do? It's getting really clear. It's being really honest with yourself about where you are now. I'm a big journaler. I'm a big person for thought downloads. I'm a big person for just stopping and saying, let's get everything out of the inside of us and out of here and out of our gut and out of our heart. Let's get it written down and just do the the ugly work, you know, just let it all out, free flow, just write, write everything that's bothering you, every limiting belief that you have, all of that, just get it out first so that then you can actually look at it. You can take a step back and you can objectively look at that and say, wow, A, that's a lot, B, that's mostly negative, and C, how is this serving me or not serving me? And what would I rather have those statements be? So it's really making that pivot of, really the thought process and beginning to say, okay, I am not a jealous person. I'm experiencing jealousy. What would it feel like to not feel that way? What would the story be that I have to tell about myself and ultimately tell about my partner too in order to move away from that belief? And so it's beginning to redefine those I am statements. I am confident. I am worthy. I am chosen by this person. I am enough just doing a whole series of those I am statements that take you to that different point. And then saying, you know, how does that person show up? How do I show up in my relationship when I've let go of jealousy, when I've let go of those limiting beliefs, when I've let go of projecting stories onto my partner that he or she doesn't necessarily deserve and they haven't earned, if you will, or, you know, done the actions that should bring that on. How do I show up in that partnership to be that kind of person that's fun and light and loving and fun to be around that doesn't drive them away from us, so to speak? Yeah. Well, and I appreciate that you took it a step further, even not just what can the thoughts be different or how can I be different, but how can the relationship be different or how can my life be different? What does it look like? What does my life look like? Yeah, and if it's raising confidence, it's it's one thing to set a goal. I, and I think one of the biggest reasons so many New Year's resolutions fail is because we set goals, but we don't ever really look at what that means. Who Who am I right now and who do I have to become? Because a goal, really and truly a goal is not about attaining the goal. The real object of the goal is the person who you become along the way to achieving that goal. Because to get from point A to point B, you have to become a different person. Now, that doesn't mean you have to make dramatic shifts necessarily. Depends on what your goal is. But, you know, to lose 20 pounds, let's even say, it's not necessarily a dramatic shift, but there are some changes that are going to have to take place. Whether it's, you know, food, thoughts, exercise, you know, whatever it is, something has to change. So when we set that goal, whatever it is, we have to look at our behaviors and our habits which is why we, we don't get our goals, we get our habits. We have to take a look at what those habits are that have us showing up the way we are right now. And what would that new person's habits need to look like in order to get there? And it's not about getting from point A to point B in one day. It's about, all right, I've set this goal. I've set a realistic time frame to where I'm going to be there. And what are those slight edge adjustments and habit hacks that I'm going to take and make every day that ultimately get me to that point. And it's those little things, the little changes that we can do that create that success. A confused mind says no. 
So when we take on too much, when we decide that, you know, just even taking the 20 pounds, all right, I'm going to start working out every day and I'm going to start eating this and I'm going to clean out my pantry and do all that. Plus we're juggling a job and two kids and, you know, whatever else. That's what throws us into, oh, this overwhelm. This is too much. I can't do that. So we have to make those little shifts all along the way that take us to becoming that new person and stepping into that self-image that matches that goal. How often should we be setting these sort of incremental things and celebrating them? Is that important to achieve that? It's absolutely important. There's a theory called the consistency chain, and there's actually a book written called that. It's for a network marketing business, but it's so true. And the consistency chain really and truly is about looking one step ahead of you, looking at today and saying, these are the goals that I'm going to set for today. And these are the habits that I'm going to change. This is what I'm going to do. And your your whole goal is to get to the end of the day and check the box that you are consistent. And then tomorrow you're going to get up and you're going to do the same thing. You're not going to look behind you and you're not going to look any further into the future than what you have to deal with. And it's based around the training that the Navy SEALs go through. So it's a very rigorous training, as we all know, and we've all heard. But basically, their whole goal is to get through each segment of the day. They get up and they have to do physical training. And all they're focused on is getting through that and getting to breakfast. That's it. They're not worried about making it to the end of the day. Yeah. They're in the pool and all they're focused on is being in the pool and surviving the drills until the bell rings and they get out of the pool. So they're they're conditioned and trained to do everything along those steps. And when you could break any goal down into just each day checking the box of success and creating that consistency chain, right? We just build on it day after day after day and ultimately that takes us to success. Now the reality of it is maybe not for the Navy SEALs, but for most of us, we're going to have those misses. We're going to have that day where we don't check the box. That's okay. You have to give yourself grace and compassion. That's okay. It doesn't mean that all the steps that you took up to that point are wasted, and it doesn't mean that you're hopeless to ever do it again. It's a day. It happened. You can't change it, but you can pick up and go again the next day over and over. So that's where it's so important to weigh in on those successes. So that's a big part of it. Celebrate every day that you do that. And on the day that you don't, celebrate that you've done it in the past and celebrate that you know you're going to do it again in the future. Yeah. Well, the consistency chain that you talked about is very interesting. And I didn't have that book back when, when I was trying to overcome my extreme jealousy, but it is the exact way that I did of, I had all of these really obsessive habits that I was doing, checking the phone, checking location, questioning, looking at social media, looking at email. And that is exactly the steps of for the next hour, I am not going to look him up to see where he is. And it really was having to break it down that small at times to then, okay, okay, I made it through an hour. I'm going to try two hours and see how it goes. So... There's that saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I mean, really and truly, how, how do you do anything? How do we do anything in life one step at a time? And it is. If it's one hour and then two hours, whatever it is, it's building on that because that's what A, reprograms our mind, right? It's neuro reprogramming that we know that we have to do to, in order to let go of some of those patterns because our brain forms patterns 
and those default behaviors and that that default thinking. I mean, I think we think somewhere between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. 90% of those are repetitive thoughts and 80% of those are negative. And so when you really think about that, and most of us, if we stop for just a minute, we can think about it. We get up in the morning, maybe we weigh, we don't like the number on the scale, we beat ourselves up, we think something negative about ourselves, you know, it just goes on and on. And so it really is stopping, being very present, being very aware and just saying for the, like you, for the next hour, I am not going to do that. I am not going to do that. And then involving yourself in whatever you have to do to not do that. So important. Yeah. So you have been a pilot's wife for many, many years. As you mentioned, there's a stigma kind of associated with that. So how did you, because you said, I'm not going to date a pilot for that very specific reason. So you must have already had some of those kind of preconceived notions in your head already. How did you then manage through that, especially in the beginning, before there was really that built up trust? Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I really did not have that preconceived notion. I just bought into other people saying that. I mean, honestly, I had never really given the airline industry a thought. I didn't know anything about it. I hadn't thought about pilots. I didn't know any pilots until I went to work for the airline. And then, I don't know, I just, you know, heard people saying, oh, don't date pilots, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I just kind of bought into it. Right. And I worked in an out city. So the pilots would come and go and two of them would have a layover every night because they got in late. You know, it just wasn't a thing. It wasn't like a lot of people like to make up the glamour life of what it is. And it's kind of funny. I knew my husband for three years before we started dating. And then we actually both went into, I went into sales and marketing. He went into pilot management for a while and we shared an office. But because I had been in aviation for so long before, I had let that go because I got to know him, the person. And so I completely let that go. And I have to say, I am not a jealous person that didn't creep into my life. Now, I will tell you, social media did not exist when I was dating and married. And for the, you know, the very, for 20 years of my marriage, social media wasn't Mm. a thing. And thankfully, my husband is not at all into social media. He thinks taking selfies and doing all that's the most stupid thing in the world, which on on the one hand, I'm really grateful for. And I think, without a doubt, I... I don't know a person on the planet that would disagree that social media has created a whole new level of anxiety, a whole new level of comparanoia, a whole new level of everything, a whole new level of being able to stalk somebody that you even have a crush on, if you will. You know, because before, I mean, I'm just even thinking back to high school, like Friday school got out and unless you were cruising Maine or saw them or whatever, I grew up in a small town. You didn't see them again till Monday morning and you wondered maybe what they were doing or you ran into them at a party or whatever. And now you can just view somebody else's social life 24-7, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you can make up a million stories about what that photo meant or that girl or why does she always like everything that you post or comment on it or whatever. So there's no doubt that it's it's created a whole new level of anxiety and jealousy and distrust and questioning and all of that. Mm. But I think that's where, again, good communication and clearly setting some boundaries around all of that is really important. For sure, social media adds that other element. It's easy for us to judge someone before we even know them because we're looking at those pictures or, you know, what they're posting what they're saying in their post, what's in their background, and who's liking them. As you said, I know that there are a ton of people that are jealous in their relationship and they're hyper-focused on 
why does this person always like every photo or like every post? And it can be that time. I have someone in particular that she will always like my stuff. No matter, you know, it's just some people are just like that and some people aren't, or there could be a reason, I guess. But, you know, we go right into that that's what that means. And it's dangerous and it's hard not to. I totally get it. Like, you know, like I said, I don't have the box checked every day on all this stuff that, you know, I have all this figured out and I'm never this way or never that way. I totally understand it, you know. And I have a 27-year-old daughter who I've watched grow up with social media and deal with all this anxiety and, you know, blocking people and all the craziness with that. So I've kind of dealt with it firsthand with her, Mm -hmm. more so than even myself with that part of it, thankfully. But I, I know it's a real thing. It definitely is. But that's the important thing. I mean, it's kind of funny. She's been able to grow through. She had a really negative experience with the cheater boy. And it was interesting over time she ultimately ended up meeting one of the women who she felt like was a predator. And later she was like, oh my gosh, she wasn't, I mean, we've become friends even. Like it wasn't the story that I had made up. She wasn't the one, you know, that kind of stuff. And so it's hard because you don't always get to meet that person. But I think that is where it's important to stop. Kind of like what you said, you know, just just for an hour, let go of that. Just for an hour, let go of that made up story that you've got going about why this person is doing that or why they're doing that or whatever it is. And I know it's challenging, but it's important work to do. Yes, for sure. Any other tips on how we can build this better self-image of ourselves and and, kind of get our mindset into this? You know, I think communication is the biggest thing of all. And it's also, again, one of the most challenging. It's hard to start hard conversations You know, it's challenging to start some of those hard conversations, but it also, there's power in a degree of vulnerability, if that makes sense. And sometimes our partners are feeling the same way and we don't even realize it. So it's when we can stop and say, you know what, I just want to communicate something to you. And I realize I'm probably making a big deal out of nothing, but I feel uncomfortable sometimes about this, or this makes me feel uncomfortable. Can we, can we talk about this? Can we set some boundaries? Can we, you know, communicate better about this? Boundaries are very important, but you have to be careful with boundaries. There's a difference between setting a boundary and giving an ultimatum. They're two different things. The most important boundary are the boundaries that we set around our own selves and our integrity. So, you know, it could be, and and I know, I mean, some of the pilot wives are like this. It's like, you know what, when you're on overnights, I would really appreciate it if you wouldn't go out with just one of the flight attendants or the other crew that's maybe the opposite, whatever it is. Can we agree to that? Yeah. And you can set that as a boundary for yourself. They get to choose whether or not they're going to accept that boundary. And I'm not giving them, but I'm I'm just saying you have to be careful. They may not agree to that boundary. And that's where it's important for you to ultimately honor and respect what matters to you and what you need and communicate that in a way that says, I'm not telling you you have to do this or can't do this. I'm just telling you this is a boundary that I have for myself and things are going to change in whatever way if that's crossed. Yes. Or that boundary that I've said is not accepted. And again, when you do that, you have to know that they might say, well, fine then. But chances are they won't. I mean, again, in most cases, they've chosen you. They want to make you happy. I mean, it, it's so funny. I think as women, we make up so many stories. And really, when you talk to men, 
They really love you. They want to please you. They want the relationship too. They want more than anything for you to be happy. And I don't think they go through as many jealousies and weirdness that we do. They haven't been conditioned like we have to compare ourselves to every body and, you know, these photoshopped images of women that we've seen in magazines and now on social media forever. I don't think men have nearly as much of that. I think social media has created more anxiety for them as well, but probably still not to the same extent as us. But ultimately, at the end of the day, that good communication and just making sure they understand your commitment to them, that's going to go a long way in easing your anxiety and jealousy and having them want to step forward to reassure you, look, I'm choosing you and everything's okay. I just had a really good conversation with James Priest. He is like UK's top dating and relationship expert. They compare him to Will Smith in the movie Hitch. He gets called Hitch all the time. He's like, even though the movie's like 20 years old, people still call me that. And he was saying just that, that men are really very simple. And the things that women worry about, like how my body looks, my hair doesn't look as good today. They really don't. Like they just, it's not a focus for them. And it's funny because the statistics prove this to be true, but most often a man will remarry much more quickly after a divorce than a woman will. And we tend to make up the story that the reason for that is because, oh, there was somebody else in the wings, whatever. No, they really like, they need that companionship or whatever. They want that coupling. They want that bond. They really want that. And and that's why I believe, whether it's a death or a divorce or whatever, men almost always statistically marry first and faster. And that's it. It's not that there was necessarily someone else or whatever. It's that that really does matter to them. Another story we tell ourselves, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> Throw it in the pile. Yeah. Yeah. Jackie Omer, Thank you so much for the information today. Please check out Jackie's podcast, Pilot Wife Podcast. Good to see you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And, and keep in mind for the podcast, it's, I mean, we talk about all different topics. I just, that's a perfect niche and that's why it's named that. But we go into all different things that are relevant for anyone. Yes. It's a great podcast. Thank you. If you have high anxiety in your relationship or feelings of low self-worth, join me in the Jealousy Junkie Facebook group. I'd love to support you there. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, take care and remember, you're not alone.